Chapter 13. When we head inside, I can hardly believe my nose. The unmistakably wondrous aroma of spaghetti and meatballs is wafting out of the eating place. Saliva pools in my mouth. Yippee, it's supper time! But as Hattie hangs my leash on the hook, I swallow my excitement. I can't let myself get distracted. I have a plan to get my Hattie back, and nothing will stop me. Fetchman hangs up his cap and the two fat leathery gloves, the big one over his cap and the smaller one over the leash. I watch Hattie and her swinging tail of hair rush into the eating place. My nose is overwhelmed by the savory fragrance in the air. I love spaghetti and meatballs, but I have a mission to focus on. I slink back to the door. Those gloves are up awfully high. I leap my highest. I stretch myself as far as my body will go. No matter how hard I try, there's no way I can reach. And sniff, sniff, ah, that spaghetti smells so good. And I'm so hungry. I want to go beg Hattie to bring me some, but I can't get distracted. Getting my Hattie back is too important. I jump and jump and jump. I can almost reach the end of the leash. I try again, my jaws snapping. At last, I chomp on the clasp and give it a tug. Did Hattie's glove shift just a tiny bit? I look way up. It's slightly off balance. I have to keep at it. I'm about to tug some more when I hear food clattering into my supper dish. My tummy grumbles. Finway! Hattie's sweet voice sings. Oh, I want to stick to my task, but my belly's in charge. I bolt over to the eating place doorway. My dish of sumptuous food is sitting in the middle of the wicked floor. Hattie's gazing at me with eyes full of determination. Finway, she calls. Come. I thrust my snout through the doorway. My tummy is rumbling. I look at Hattie with my saddest, droopiest eyes. I give her my best wine. Don't you feel bad for me, Hattie? I can't get to my food and I'm starving. But instead of bringing it to me like she's supposed to, she doesn't even flinch. She keeps on staring. Fenway, come, she calls again, clapping her hands. Uh-oh, something's wrong. Hattie's not looking at me with sympathy and concern like she always does. And she sounds almost commanding. Convincing? I glance at my food, sitting there in the dish, smelling so delicious, waiting for a ravenous dog to come devour it. But that wicked floor stands between us. Talk about torture. I drop down and whimper for a long, long time. For all the good it does, Hattie keeps on calling me again and again, like I'm miraculously going to defeat the wicked floor, charge on in, and gobble down the food. Why won't she just bring it to me? It's horribly unthinkable. My Hattie's changing like Goldie and Patches said she would. I have to get her back. I have to work harder. But right now, I'm famished and exhausted. I curl up for a rest. And then everything changes. Hattie comes over and grabs the leash. I hop up. Hooray! Hooray! I bark, pawing her legs. We're going somewhere! We all pile into the car. I'm so excited, I almost forget how hungry I am. Until I get a whiff of Hattie's backpack. Wowee, it's loaded with treats. 
good thing I'm starving. I lick her cheek, then stick my nose out the window as we zoom down the street. My eyes squint in the warm breeze. When the car stops, my tail wags out of control. Because my nose is smelling amazing familiar smells. We're at that treat place again, where I'm going to get treats and see my new friends. Come on, come on, Hattie. I bark, clawing the door. Let's get going. We barrel out of the car, and I lead Hattie across the parking lot. When we get to the door, I see Lance, the yellow lab from last time. Yo, dude, he says as we politely exchange bum sniffs. Hey, Lance, what's up? No idea, he says, and the look on his face proves it. Lance's human pulls the door open, and we head inside. It's that same big room that smells wonderful, and the same dogs from before there with other humans. Sadie, the very round beagle, is lying on her side like it's nap time, while Rocky the basset hound is trying to drag his human back out the door. Food Lady and Fetch Man get busy chatting with the other humans, and I steer Hattie around to greet my new friends. Wake up, Sadie, I say after sniffing under her tail. The treats are coming, remember? She raises her head with considerable effort. Trust me, honey, she says. I remember, but those tasty morsels better come easier this time. I've had it with exertion. When we get to Rocky, he's actually shaking. Relax, I tell him. They're going to be awesome treats. Fenway, you are way too happy about this, he says with a shudder. What's not to be happy about, I say, hopping up and sniffing Hattie's backpack a few more times. Is something wrong with your ears, Rocky? I said we're getting treats. He gazes up at his humans like no treats could possibly cheer him up. I can't help but wonder why he wants to go home so badly. Does he live atop a pile of steaks? When the one human strides over, the rest of the humans immediately give her their full attention. She obviously has some kind of power over them. Hattie takes in a deep breath, like she's getting ready for something. I'm getting ready, too. I'm leaping and leaping, pawing her legs as she unzips the backpack. Hooray! Hooray! Those treats are coming! My mouth waters. My tummy roars. I didn't eat supper, but now I'm getting treats? A whole backpack full of them! Whoopee! I bark, dancing around Hattie's sneakers. I can hardly wait. Hattie balls her fist and holds it over my head. Sit, Fenway, she says. I spring up wildly, sniffing like crazy. Sure enough, a tasty-smelling treat is in her hand. I know it is. Give it to me, Hattie, I bark. What are you waiting for? Hattie looks rattled. Sit, she says. Fenway, sit. Yippee! I bark, jumping on her legs. I can almost reach her fist. I can barely taste that. I can already taste that delectable treat. But Hattie's fist remains closed with that treat still inside. Sit, Fenway, she says again, her eyes getting watery. Sit, sit, sit. I nuzzle her hand in a desperate attempt to open it. So ready, I'm so ready, I bark. Next thing I know, the one human is hovering beside us. She smells like lots of dogs and treats. But she also smells serious, and her voice is bossy. Hattie is completely focused on her. The one human finishes speaking, and Hattie nods. Then, with no warning at all, Hattie turns. She stares into my eyes, takes a deep breath, and holds her fist right over my nose. Sit, she demands. Her voice is full of conviction. Whoa, 
She wants me to do something, but what? Her posture reminds me of that time when I sat and the one human gave me a treat. I plop down on my bum, my gaze never leaving her fist. When it opens, I'm not going to miss that yummy snack. Hattie bounces up and down. Yes, she shouts, and just like that, the treat falls into my mouth. Chomp! Wow, we is it ever tasty. I'm crunching and munching that meaty morsel in a state of pure happiness that ends all too quickly. Hattie smiles at the one human who pats her shoulder. More, please, I bark. Hattie holds another treat above my nose. Stay, she orders, then takes a step back. Hey, I'm not going anywhere. Yes, she shouts again, and a wonderful treat sails into my mouth. Chomp! Oh boy, it's just as yummy as the last one. It's another blissful moment of crunching and munching that I wish would never end. Fetchman and Food Lady are grinning. They pat Hattie on the back. Hattie smells proud, like she just won a competition or a battle. They must be awfully happy that I finally got some food. And they're not the only ones. My belly's on fire. I can hardly wait for more. Hattie is totally distracted by Fetchman and Food Lady, which can only mean one thing opportunity. I sniff my way over to Hattie's backpack. My nose tell me, tells me it's stuffed with full of treats and it's right behind her on the floor. I thrust my entire head inside. Wowee, this thing sure is loaded. I knew it. Chomp, chomp, chomp. I'm woofing the treats one after another. I can't stop. And why would I want to? There are enough treats here to last forever. I'm in a bag full of dog heaven. Fenway! Hattie yells. Ouch! My collar is tugging at my neck, pulling me right out of the backpack. Hey, what'd you do that for? I barked, wiggling to get free. Hattie's face is frowning. Her shoulders are heaving. She's struggling to breathe. Big fat tears start sliding down her cheek. Something tells me that treat time is over. Chapter 14. Bright morning light assaults my face. My eyes pop open. I dig my front paws into the floor and stretch way back. I walk my hind legs in and thrust my chest way out. I look around. Hey, I'm not in Hattie's bed. I'm in that same boring room from yesterday. Did I sleep in here again? Oh, I trot over to the door and there's more bad news. It's blocked by the gate. What did I do to deserve this? Where's Hattie? I try to remember riding home in the car. Hattie gazing out the window, bossing me up here, clicking the gate. I give a little yelp. The memories are almost too agonizing. Another night, all alone, curled up on the hard wooden floor. What happened to my bedtime fur brushing? Hattie's sweet voice singing, best buddies, best buddies. Or the soft, comfy blankets that smell like mint and vanilla. Are they gone for good? One thing's for sure. This is not how it's supposed to be. I have to do something. I have to get my Hattie back. I position myself at the gate. Hattie! Hattie! I bark as loud as I can. Please help me! I'm trapped and I have to get out! I add an extra howl or two to make my point. But when I stop, all I hear is quiet. I start to think that maybe she's actually gone away and is never coming back. Then I catch the sounds of my leash jingling and footsteps charging up the stairs. I knew it! I knew it! I bark, spinning in circles. Oh, I'm so relieved. I almost forget to rush over to greet her. 
I missed you so much. Hattie bends down and lifts me over the gate. I lick her cheek, but she turns away. She smells annoyed. She sets me on the floor and goes to clip the leash. Hooray, hooray, we're going for a walk. I leap up, pawing her legs. I can hardly wait. Hattie frowns. Fenway, sit, she says. Wowie, a treat is coming. I twirl around with hungry anticipation. Sit, she snaps, trying to steady me with her hand, which does not have a treat inside. I spring out of her grasp. I sniff her pocket. Where's the treat? Hattie lets out a loud sigh. She grabs my collar and clips the leash with a frustrated huff. Next thing I know, we're hustling down the stairs. We head out the sliding door into the into the back dog park and straight over to the bushes. Hattie stands still, waiting. Come to think of it, there's some business I need to attend to. I'm barely finished when I detect a nasty whiff of squirrel. Nose to the ground, I search for the trail when my collar tugs and, hey, Hattie's dragging me through the grass and up the porch steps. What's the hurry, I bark. We just got here. But she must not hear me. She pulls me inside and back up the stairs into the boring empty room behind the gate. Without a pat or a rub, she disappears. I sink onto the floor. Why is Hattie doing this? Why is she changing? Why can't she stay my wonderful Hattie forever? I curl back into a ball to continue the most boring day ever. I must drift back to sleep for a while because when I open my eyes, sounds are floating in from the window. I dash over to investigate. Thump! Yes! Hattie's joyful voice yells. I must find out what's going on. I climb onto a box near the back wall. I leap up and up until my front paws cling to the window ledge, balancing on the tippy tips of my hind paws. I peer down through the screen into the dog park. I spot the grass, the fence, the giant tree in the back. They all look so much smaller for some reason. Hattie and Fetchman are standing at opposite ends of the dog park, caps on their heads. Each has a fat glove on one hand. Fetchman goes into a wind-up like he's going to throw a ball for, the, for a game of fetch, only he has no ball. Hattie nods. She clutches her glove to her chest. She reaches into the glove and pulls out a white ball. Then she winds up exactly like Fetchman did and tosses it towards him. He leaps up, thrusting his fat glove way out to the side. He snags it and claps the glove with his other hand. Yes, Hattie cries. She dances around, waving her arms. I start to pant uncontrollably. My humans are playing in the dog park while their loyal dog is trapped up here. They're acting happy, like they're having fun, like they don't even realize that somebody important is missing. This is so wrong. I must do something. But then my ears pick up other sounds from over the fence. Clink, jingle, jingle. Wow, we talk about distracting. Right next to our dog park is another one just the same, with grass and bushes and a fence all around it. It doesn't have a giant tree in the back, but it does have two dogs in it, a golden retriever and a white dog with black patches. Hey, it's the ladies. They look perfectly content, too. Goldie is sniffing in the bushes. Patches is rolling on the ground. Everybody's having fun, and I'm stuck here all alone. Or am I? All right, comes from nearby. Hey, somebody else is up here too. I turn way to the side above the ladies' dog park. 
peeping out an open window, the same level as mine, is the head of a short human with a cap and a long wavy tail. Angel? She's watching Hattie and Fetchman, grinning and pumping her fist. Why is Angel up in the window when the ladies are playing down in the dog park? That's not the way it's supposed to be. It reminds me of Patch's sad voice. It's so painful to watch. So very like our own sweet angel with that same white ball, the same glove. <sighs> Hattie hugs her own fat glove like it's a used-to-be bear or an adorable dog. Another human's voice sounds from directly below my window. Food lady! Fetchman turns and flips the ball to Hattie. She reaches forward and scoops it into her glove. She smiles again. Fetchman jogs toward the house and vanishes from view. I hear the door slide open and bang shut. Hattie twirls around, happy as can be. She throws the ball, ball up into the air and watches it fall, thump, into the fat glove, again and again. My ears flop with sadness. My short human is playing by herself. It's not right. Doesn't she need me? Please, oh please, Hattie, I whine. Let's play ball together like we did before. Hattie looks up. She scowls, one hand on her hip, then shakes her head. She goes back to tossing the ball, like that's the only thing she wants to do or cares about. Oh, please, please, Hattie, I cry. I'll let you win, I promise. I scrape my claws on the bottom ledge. I jump higher, my claws poking the screen. Hattie snaps her head up in alarm. Fenway, she shouts. She races toward the house and quickly disappears. I hear the door thud. Hooray, hooray! I fly off the box and tear around the empty room. I knew she'd come. Soon, Hattie arrives at the gate. Fenway, she scolds. How am I in trouble? There isn't even anything to do here. When she scoops me up, I go crazy licking her cheek. I'm so glad you're back, I bark between slurps. She tastes like salty sweat and, and something else, too. Confidence again? I'm so happy to be back in Hattie's arms. I nestle against her neck all the way down the stairs and through the house. The more she speaks in that stern, unhatty voice, the more I snuggle. By the time we head out the sliding door, she's stroking my back. I knew she couldn't resist her super best friend. She sets me on the porch and I dance around. Yippee, I bark. We're finally going to play. But maybe Hattie's had enough playing. The door closes and she's gone. My heart crashes. What just happened? I can't go on like this. I have to get my Hattie back for good. I plop down for a quick scratch when suddenly I realize the opportunity I've been waiting for is sitting right next to me on the porch.